0: Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. This evening for Stella's Healing. The doctor um, called us the other day, and he said, Mrs. Uh, Holloway, it seems like your kidneys are recovering. <laughs> and at this time, you won't need dialysis. So we give God the praise for his healing power. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that God that healeth thee man, so we praise him for that, hallelujah, now, next week, um, next week is our fall revival that we have, uh, every February, we have a faith empowerment revival, it'll be Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night, at 730, we'll have praise and worship, and then we'll have, I'll do teaching all three nights on faith, teaching about faith, so that's next week. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, our Faith Empowerment Revival, that's what we call it. 7.30. 7.30. And we will start at 7.30 with praise and worship and then get into the message. And it's going to be all three nights of just raw teaching on faith. So if you don't know anything about faith, know about faith, need to increase your faith, build your faith up, that's a good three nights to be in. Uh, those meetings to hear about faith. Amen. So that's next week. Praise God. All right. Y'all ready for the word tonight? Amen. 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 Uh, Let's go to John chapter 13. Big John. Big John. Not the little John. Not the big John. Say John. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, put your eyes on verse 34 and 35. This is Jesus speaking. How do we know? It's in the red. It's in the red, amen? Amen. And it reads in verse 34, a new commandment. A new commandment I give unto you. This is a new commandment. Jesus is giving us a new commandment. That you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Now look what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that all men will know that you're Christians, because there are Christians who are not disciples. Disciples mean disciplined ones, ones who are disciplined in the Word. All right. So he says here. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. How are they going to know that we are disciples of Jesus? By how big our ministries are? Uh, no. Uh, by how much prosperity we have in our lives? No. Jesus said all men will know that you are my disciplined ones if you have love one to another. Love one to another. So what I want to teach on tonight, I want to teach about love. Love, the title of this message, love is the pathway to victory. Love is the pathway to victory. Walking in love is an important key to walking in the full blessings of God. Love is practiced in words and deeds. To walk in divine love or the God kind of love, it is practiced in words, not only the things that we say to demonstrate love, but also in our deeds or in our actions. So we're going to cover a lot of scripture tonight. Um, Let's go to 1 John. Let's go to the little John now. 1 John chapter 5. Love is the pathway to victory. 1 John chapter 5. Put your eyes on verse 4. For whosoever is born of God, King James says whatsoever, but I like whosoever. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world whosoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. Go to first John chapter 3 verse first uh, John chapter 3. Put your eyes on verse 13 and 14. And it reads, Marvel not, my brethren. Child of God, don't become amazed of this. Don't marvel after this. If the world hates you. Verse 14, because we know. Uh, Don't you like hearing that? Don't you like talking to people that know something? (laughs) You know? Then we know. This is not a This is not an idea he's getting ready to tell us. This is not a suggestion. This is not a theory. Anybody know what a theory is? A theory is a supposition established upon ignorance on the subject under discussion. That's a theory. So we don't go by theories. We we need to know something. What do we know, John? We know that we have passed from death unto life. This is how you can tell that you know that you're born again. How can you tell that you're born again? That you've uh, been water baptized? Well, yeah, we need to be water baptized. but you, No, you're not born again by water baptism. How can you tell that you're born again? Because you're a church member? Well, yeah, we need to be part of a local group to band together for the cause of Christ. But that doesn't tell you how that you're born again. He tells us here that we know that we have passed from death unto life. This is how you can tell if you are truly born again of God because we have loved the brethren. You know that you've been passed from death unto life. Is when you have a love for the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. He that does not love his brother abideth in death. So we read over there in John chapter 3, excuse me, John chapter 13, with Jesus talking about there's a new covenant. There's a new covenant. That supersedes the old covenant. And he said that new covenant is called the royal law of love. He said this is how the world would know that you are my disciplined ones when you have a love for the brethren. And this is how you would know that you are born again. You have been regenerated from above. You have God's DNA into your spirit man when you have a love for the brethren, you have passed from death unto life. Now, Adam and Eve, they did it in reverse. They passed from life unto death. But he's saying here that the new covenant is that we have passed from death unto life, and this is how you can tell. This is how you will know. He said that we know that we pass from death unto life when we have a love for the brethren. Now let's go to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 36. Now the prophet Ezekiel is prophesying on this same line that we're talking about, the love of God or the love is the pathway to victory. Ezekiel chapter 36. He's prophesying here. Put your eyes on verse 25. Now, what he is prophesying here is the old covenant. All right? But Jesus said in John 13, there's a new covenant. Okay? So he's prophesying here from the old covenant. He says, verse 25, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, from all your idols will I cleanse you. Then he says in verse 26, a new heart, a new spirit, a new heart. He's not talking about that organ that's pumping in your chest cavity. He's talking about your spirit, man. You see that in Scripture, he's talking about the spirit. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, And you shall keep my judgment And do them. Verse 28. And you shall dwell in the land that I have gave to your fathers. And ye shall be my people. And I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanliness. And when I call for the the corn, it will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathens. So Ezekiel here is prophesying the new covenant or the new heart that God has promised to give to us through the born again experience. Now, go over to Jeremiah chapter 31, because we can see this same account here, what Ezekiel is prophesying here. This is all Old Testament, all the New Covenant. Jeremiah chapter 31. Hallelujah. Jeremiah. Book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31. Um, put your eyes on verse 33. Now, here's the prophet Jeremiah's prophesying here. He says, By this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And after those days, said the Lord, I will put my law. I will put my law in their inward part. So when now you see the term the inward part, he's talking about the spirit man. It's just like the heart. You see heart, he's talking about the spirit, the inward part. Apostle Paul likes to call it the hidden man. So he's talking about our spirit. So God said in his new covenant, I will put my law in their inward parts. So God is saying he's going to put his law, and when he's talking about his law, he's talking about his word. So when he, by, so by him putting his law in our spirits, we don't need the Ten Commandments. Because if I receive the law, the royal law of love, I'm not going to violate the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to cover my neighbor's goods if I'm walking in love. I'm not going to dishonor my father and mother if I'm walking in love. I'm not going to uh, murder anyone if I'm walking love. If I'm walking in love, I'm not going to steal from you. Why is that? Because it's a new covenant now. I have a, I've been changed. I've been changed from death unto life. Now I have a love for the brethren. So by me having a love for the brethren. I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not going to covet your goods. I'm not going to murder you. Are you hearing me? Because I got the royal law of love in my heart. I've been passing death and life. So if I walk in love, I don't need to exhibit or to display the Ten Commandments because I have the royal law of love in my heart. Now look at this. He said, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. How do you know that he's your God and you are his people? When you have a love for the brethren. When you love the brethren. Now look at this. Verse 34. And they shall teach no more Every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, said the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquities and I will remember their sin no more. Now, this is Jeremiah prophesying this in the Old Testament. And this is carrying on into the New Testament. You know, the New Testament is um, is better than the Old Testament because it's, it's built on better promises. Okay? So he's saying, his, God is saying, for I will forgive their iniquities. He will forgive your iniquities. And I will remember your sins no more. So once we confess to God our iniquities and our sin, and repent and ask for forgiveness, God will forgive us and remember them no more. You're the one that keep bringing them up to God. And then when you try to bring when you bring up to God, just the Holy Spirit ain't responding. He's like, well, "What are you talking about? And why do you know why do Christians do that? Because Christians don't understand the royal law of love. They don't understand that love is a pathway to victory. They don't understand the the significance of the love of God, because a lot of Christians think that love is natural love, human love, and we'll get into that tonight. So Jeremiah, he prophesies this, Jeremiah prophesies, and we're going to look at this prophecy from Ezekiel and Jeremiah in the book of Hebrews, chapter 8. So let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews is New Testament, New Covenant. Are y'all okay? Hebrews chapter 8, the book of Hebrews. Jesus says that all men, not some men, all men, will know that you are my disciplined ones when you have a love for the brethren all men will know that you are walking with God because you have a love for the brethren. Men will not know that you know God if you are promoting your political rights. Men won't know God like that. They don't know that you're with God. Men won't know that you know God by promoting your ethnic rights. No. Jesus said, they ain't going to know God. They, they, they won't know that you know God. They will know that you, will know, you know God when you have a love for the brethren. Okay. And in that love for the brethren, there's forgiveness of sin. And there is sin just like God. Book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says that we are supposed to be Im- imitators of the Father. We are supposed to minute the Father. So if God forgives sin and remember them no more, when we walk in the love of God, we are supposed to forgive sin and remember them no more. Are y'all still with me? <clears throat> <laughs> Alright. Hebrews chapter 8. Have you Hebrews 8? Man. Alright. Let's see how where I want to start. Hebrews eight. Yeah, okay. Let's start on verse, let's start at verse eight. This is New Testament. New Testament is great. It's making them all alive to us. This is where we at. Verse eight. For finding fault with them, he said, "Behold, the days come," said the Lord, "when I will make a new covenant." God said, "I'm making a new covenant." Okay, with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continue not in my covenant. I regarded them not, said the Lord. Verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws now, doesn't this sound familiar? It's what we read in Ezekiel and in Jeremiah. He said, I will put my laws into their mind. Now, the book of Hebrews is talking to us, the body of Christ. He says, I will, I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people, and they shall not teach every man. His neighbor, that sounds like from Jeremiah, and every man his brother saying, "Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the great." How are they gonna know? How our neighbors gonna know from the least to, the, to to the greater? Know that we know the Lord, or for them to know the Lord by the love we have for the brethren. By the love we have for the brethren. Look at verse 12. For I will put my merciful to I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And that he said, A new covenant he hath made, the first old, now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. So he said that old covenant is, is gone. We have a new covenant. And what is that new covenant? It's the royal law of love. In the Old Testament, he wrote the commandments by the finger of God on the table of stone. He wrote by the finger of God. He talked about the Holy Ghost wrote those on those stones of tablets when he gave it to the lawgiver, Moses. The finger of God wrote. And that was the Old Testament. He gave them the Old Testament and the Old Covenant to keep the Old Testament. But they were not able to do that because they were not born again. They only, God can only deal with them in the Old Testament in the natural. Alright, that's why God did signs and wonders before them. Because they God could not put his spirit into their hearts because they were sinful men. So that's why they had to go through the rituals. Uh, the Levitical priest rituals and, and to the, uh, the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies. They had to go through all that because the spirit of God could not come into their hearts. But now we are on the new covenant through Jesus Christ that now the, uh, uh, the the veil has been rented down, twined so now the spirit of God has come out, has came out of it. Now he can come into our spirit through the new covenant. And coming into our spirit, he brings that new law. Romans 5 and 5 says that the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So that new law, that new covenant now is in our hearts. All right. So now in the Old Testament, they were not able to walk in the victory of God because they didn't have the love of God in their hearts. They still had iniquity. In sin. But we're in a new covenant now. In the New Testament. He wrote the commandments in our hearts. By the Holy Ghost. When you became born again. The spirit of God. Came into your dead spirit. And quickened it. And made it alive to God. And all of the word of God. Was deposited. Into your spirit. That's why when you get into the word and you hear the word, it bears witness with your spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit came into your dead spirit and made it alive, quick unto God, the, the word of God was deposited into your spirit. Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, was deposited into your spirit. And the book of John said that Jesus is the word. Alright, so the word is only, that's why your spirit man loves the word. Your soul is realm and your flesh doesn't love it. Because remember how the word of God says we made up a threefold nature, spirit, soul, and body. So your soulless realm consists of mind, will, emotion, intellect. And your flesh doesn't love or doesn't like God. Only your spirit man. Your spirit man loves the word. Your spirit man loves to be in the presence of God, into his worshiping God. Your spirit, why is that? Because the Holy Ghost has injected into your spirit the love of God. So that's why you have a love for the things of God. But the battle that we go through is from this soulless realm, this doodle, this thinking, and this flesh. And so that's why we have to learn about faith. Because faith causes us to become world overcomers because we have the love of God. Faith is our activator, love is our motivator. So we have the love of God. So we take faith to counterattack or counter uh, against the soulless realm and the physical body. Are you still with me? Now, Romans 5 and 5, as I said, we don't have to go there. That uh, the love of God has been shared about in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And, uh, but, but let's go to Romans 13. Romans chapter 13. Romans through Romans. Romans chapter 13. You you and I can fulfill the law or the commandments when we walk in love. We can do it. The word says we can do it. Because look at Romans 13. Put your, <coughs> put your eye on verse 8. It says, oh, no man, anything. <laughs> now, the word is the word not saying you, you, you can't borrow or whatever. You know, the issue is not borrowing. The issue is when you borrow, you pay it back. <laughs> That's what the issue is. All right. But he says here, "Oh no man anything. Do not become obligated to any man but one thing. I am not obligated to, to brother Jeff, to towards anything in the natural, the only thing I'm obligated to him is to love. Him. That's what the word God has commanded me to do. Every god is how he treats me or good or bad, whatever. Not saying he treats me bad. <laughs> Alright? I am obligated as a believer as in the new covenant is to love him. And God Will judge me not based on how Jeff treats me, but how I treat him. Because love, when you understand the love of God, you will have, you will get opportunities to demonstrate this love. And God will not, God will not allow opportunities to come your way to demonstrate love towards folk that you love. But Jesus said in the book of Matthew, "Bless your enemies." <laughs> I mean, he says right in Matthew, he said, "He said if you want, if you bless somebody who paraphrase, if you bless somebody who you like." That's really not really blessing How, from the principle of God. He said, "Love your enemies, bless you, do good to them." So, so the opportunity for me to walk in love. Is to love people who, it, who does not love me. Or difficulty in loving. This is when this of law of love comes into play. Okay? So he says here, oh no man anything but to love one another. That's the only obligation that we have towards each other. It's to love one another. Okay, he says, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled. Look at that. See, I, really, I guess y'all I thought I just made I'm not talking All right. Look at this. He says, look, but he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. All those about 600 things to the law, whatever. The we all we, don't, we don't to hear about the table but it was over 600 things they had to do towards the law. He said, "Oh no, man, anything but the only thing you owe to a man is to love. Him. And when you practice love, then you have fulfilled the law." Now it sounds, all this sounds good, whatever, but it's not that easy. <laughs> it ain't. That's why we need faith. this really sounds good, but it is not there are some folks that really make it hard for you to love alright but look at this look at verse 9 for this thou thou should not commit adultery thou should not kill thou should not steal thou should not bear false witness thou should not covet Uh, if there be any other commandments it is briefly comprehended in this saying Namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor. Now, he he went over the field of 10. But look at it. He says, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 is the most powerful scripture in the word of God. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Love worketh no ill. That word ill, you could just substitute that word ill with disease. I like that. When I teach it I like that. Love worketh no disease, no disease towards their neighbor. Love worketh no ill, sickness, disease. When sickness, disease comes into our physical body, it's not something that we rejoice about. It's not something we get excited about. We don't get excited when cancer comes to our body. Why? Because cancer, wherever it's located, if we have cancer of the lungs whatever, it will affect our lungs. It will affect our, our rest of our internal organs, our body. It will affect our relationship. It will affect our it's, it's illness. It's disease. God says it's worth love. Doesn't work. No disease. Love, when you're demonstrating God's love towards your brother or your sister, it's not going to cause them to become ill or sick or diseased. Because law, love is the royal law of God. Ooh, Jesus. Love working no ill. So everybody repeat after me. Say love. Love. Let me try this again. Maybe I need to go over here a group over here, I think they' listening to it. Okay, let's try this again. Love, love. Working, working. No ill, no ill. No disease, no disease. No pain, no pain. Amen. Amen. That's that's walking in love. So if you walk, if you say you're walking in love towards your brother and your sister, then there should be no disease, no ill, no pain. The scripture says the heat coals of fire. Upon them. Let's talk about love. To just, just to overshadow them with love. My wife used to have a saying for years. She said, "Ah, God showed me about the love of God, where well, I would just love the hell out of you." <laughs> yeah, you can love the hell out of some people. Because if you keep loving folks, and they got all that hell in them, it would affect them. And sooner or later, they would just surrender. Because they, they, they know no matter what they do to you, or say to you, or act towards you, you still love them. Ooh, glory. That's good news. You still <laughs> love them. So love is the fulfilling of the law. Now let's go back to Hebrews 10. We're going to look at this a little more. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at Hebrews. I like Romans and I like Hebrews teaching (laughs) us. Hebrews chapter 10, put your eyes on verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering, that would, that would, have not. But a holy, excuse me. But a body has thou prepared me in burnt offerings and sacrifices. For, for sin thou has no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come into uh, the volume of the book as it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above. When he said, sacrifices and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldst not. Neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. But then, said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second, by the which will we sanctify through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away their sin. That's what I was talking about, the, the rituals that Israel had to go through, through a little bit of caprice. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God, that's Jesus. But henceforth, expecting to, uh, till his enemy be made his footstool. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. That's us. We're the righteous of God. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. And into their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember. Here we go again. I will remember no more. He's saying that the sins and iniquity he will remember no more. He will will put in their heart, in our hearts, the royal law of love. Now let's go to James 2 and 8. James right behind Hebrews. Hallelujah. James 2 and 8. This is the, the book of James, book of faith. This is Jesus' half-brother. Can you imagine being the brother of Jesus? So yeah. that's why James is about faith. He watched his older brother live the life of faith. So James says in uh, James chapter two, verse eight, uh, if you uh, fulfill the royal law, according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself ye do well. So this is called the royal law of love. The royal law of love. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. The book of Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Go eat popcorn. Ephesians chapter 4. Okay. Uh, yeah, put your eyes on verse 32. Now here Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus and he's doing a little teaching about the royal law of love. And he says here in verse 32, he's talking to believers. He's talking to Christians. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to Christians. So let's back, wait a minute. Uh, let's back up to verse 31. He said, that all bitterness, can you believe that? A Christian that is bitter? Are you serious? He, he, must, he must be uh, mistaken. A Christian that is bitter? He said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger. An angry Christian? I never heard of such. An angry Christian? And clamor and evil speaking. A Christian that speaks evil? Paul must be mistaken. He must. He says, put away. Now, look, he's talking to the church of Ephesus. He says, put away from you with all malice. Put away bitterness, anger, clamor, evil speaking. With all. He said, put it away. Now, the Word of God, whenever the Word of God tells us to do something, I think God is smart enough to know. That heaven he instructs us to do something, that we have the ability and the capabilities to do it. So he says, put away all that stuff. How do I put it away, Paul? He says, and look at verse 32. And be ye kind one to another. Isn't that amazing? He is writing to believers. Born again blood-bought, mercy-sought Christians. And he's telling them to be kind one to another. Well, God knew from the beginning, like we know now, that this flesh and this soulless realm gets in the way at times. But we have to remember, we have to keep in mind that we have the royal law of love in our spirit. And so we take our faith And we activate what is in our spirit to come upon our lives. So he says, be kind one to another. Tender hearted. Tender hearted Christian. Look at this. Forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. Pastor, you know what they did to me? I got rights. I got rights. You know what they did to me, Pastor? How, me, how they mistreated me? I remember uh, years ago when we passed in in Nicholasville, I had a no lady come to me and she was talking about she said, she was sharing with me she said uh, how one of her neighbor mistreated her and everything and she and I, was, I think I was teaching her on these lines of love and uh, about forgiveness and she said, uh, yeah, she mistreated me, Pastor. She mistreated me. And so I said, well, how long ago has that been? So she said, oh, about eight. She said, about eight. So I'm thinking maybe eight days ago or, uh, you know, eight hours ago. She said, eight years ago. And I guess I had that look on my face. I was was amazed that she said eight years. she said, but no, no, I, I forgive her. I, I forgave her. No, no. If you're walking in the royal law of love, you forgive. You only, not only you forgive, but you forget. Are you hearing? You forgive and you forget. Forget. Because he said forgiving one another, we need to walk in the royal law of love that God has put in our heart. We need to forgive other people the way or how God has forgiven us. How dare we think that, Look you know, how God forgave us and sent his only begotten son to die for us, to forgive us of all our sins and iniquities. God sent his precious seed to be sown into the earth's realm so that there may be uh, many brethren in the family of God. So he forgave, but God so loved the world God forgave us, and he, not only he forgave us, he forgave us even when we didn't want to have anything to do with him. But he still forgave us. So Paul is saying here, look at this. He says, uh, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So why do we think at times that, we got a right not to forgive people when they have done trespasses and sin against us. God forgave us. God's still forgiving us. There's it, a whole lot of things that we're not doing to please God, and God still forgives us. He still extends mercy and long-suffering for us. But we, we, we think in our minds that, oh, I cannot forgive this person what they have done to me, Paul is saying here, yes, yes, the royal law of love says to be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So we can forgive people the way God forgive people. And how does God forgive people? He forgive them of their iniquities and their sins. He remembered no more. Now, the word of God wouldn't tell us to do something we didn't have the ability or capability to do. So how would somebody say, well, Pat, how do we do it? We do it by faith. That's why faith is so important to know and understand. We do everything by faith. So I can forgive. I can be tenderhearted. I can be kind by faith. Hallelujah. Now, um... Yeah, yeah, I'll go there. Let's go. Let's go back to first John, chapter four. First John. Chapter four. First John, chapter four. Now. in understanding this. Royal law of love. We're talking about this is this is God's love. We, we don't fully understand God's love. That's what we have to, we have to learn. We have to, we have to become disciples of the word to understand God's love. Because uh, we have a tendency to try to equate the love of God to natural human love. This is the difference between natural human love and God's love natural human love is selfish. Natural human love only thinks about itself. What, How is going to benefit me? You know, some people say, you know, hey, the greatest love in the world is a mother's love. No. Mama's love is selfish. That's why mama got a problem with your, your wife, their daughter-in-law. Because it's selfish. Natural human love is selfish. Divine love, divine love, which is love of God, is not selfish. First Corinthians chapter 13 talks about love. Love is long suffering. Suffer long. It's kind. It's good. God's kind of love is not selfish. God's kind of love is giving. And it seems like when you walk in the uh, divine love of God, it seems like in the natural that you're weak. It seems like people are running over you. People are abusing you. But you are more empowered when you walk in the love of God because the love of God, which has been shed upon our heart by the Holy Ghost, the love of God becomes a spiritual force field around you. Because in 1 Corinthians 13 it says, love never fails. The Bible teaches you, our faith can fail, our tongue can fail, our giving can fail. But the scripture says that love never fails. So I have a spiritual force field around me that nothing can penetrate me when I walk into the love of God. In the natural, it, it makes it seem like you're a weak But in the realm of the Spirit, you are empowered. Because you're walking like God. You're walking walking in the love of God. The book of Isaiah 53, I believe, talks about his disciples. When they saw Jesus being crucified, they thought that Jesus failed in the natural. It looked like Jesus was defeated when he went to the cross. But not knowing that he walked in the love of God... It, it, it appeared to them that he was weak and he fell, and not realizing that he was empowered. Because the Book of Corinthians says that if the devils were known by killing Christ, would have destroyed them. They never would have put Jesus on the cross. Perfect love of God always calls you or to catapult you into the will of God. The will of God at times, that's why you got to understand faith, the will of God at times, it appears in the natural that you're being defeated. But remember when we read 1 John chapter 5, and it says we become world overcomers even our faith. We overcome the world. We walk victorious when we walk in the love of God and the things of God. So a lot of Christians, they struggle because they feel like that, uh that I'm, I'm weak I'm appearing to be weak to people and I don't want to be to, to be weak to people <laughs> we're not here to please people we're here to please God mm-hmm. Hebrews 11 7, 6 says without faith it is impossible to please God so we're not here to pe- to please people we're here to please God and God has instructed us to walk in the royal law of of love. Because if you don't, then you will walk in fear. And fear has torment. You see, a tormented believer is because they have not perfected love. Have you found 1 John chapter 4? <laughs> hey, y'all, a good question. Man, I'll tell you. Uh, let's see where I want to go. 1 uh, John chapter 4, which I have verse 15. And it reads Whosoever should confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. He is love. So when we walk in love, we walk in the empowerment of God. God is love. All right? He is love. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. Look at that. When you walk in love, you walk in the power of God. Because love never fails. So he said, he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness, In the day of judgment. Because as he is. So are we. In this world. Look at verse 18. There is no fear. In love. So if you have fear. Of working in your life. Check your love off. But the word says. There is no fear in love. So if we walk in love of God. And remember everything. All the promises of God and the principles of God have to be done by faith. So he says, there is no fear in love. Fear, false expectation appearing to be real. That's the acronym for fear. False expectation appearing to be real. Right? So he says, there's no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Oh, in Timothy it says God has not given us the spirit of fear, so fear doesn't come from God. There's no such thing as uh, a little bit of fear. Fear is no, no, no type of fear is good. All right, so he says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given the what? God has given us love. Look at that. Love, love. Power and a sound mind. I had a friend one time when I worked at the VA, and his mother had Alzheimer's. And we was talking about the things that God. And he was very word illiterate. And he said, "You know what? I believe God gives people Alzheimer's so they can forget about the pain they go through." I said, "That's another line of the word. The word of God says God does not give the spirit of fear, but He gives love, power." and a sound mind. So all, all have it does is come from God. All right? So he says here, look at this. Uh, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love. Now that word perfect means mature love. Love which has been developed you gotta develop this love wall. Anything of God, you have to develop. You have to be disciplined. You have to develop this love wall. He says, here, look at this. A perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. Fear would torment you. So we don't want fear. So to get fear out of our lives. We have to perfect our love. Because remember, love, is, love never fails. It's a, it's a force fear. Okay? So he said, look at this. But well, perfect love cast out fear because fear had torment. He that fear. <laughs> now, see, I, I, I didn't make this stuff up, okay? okay? This is not Pastor Holloway saying this. I'm just the messenger. Now, you either believe it or you don't. But look at the word of God said. He that fear is not made perfect in love. So if you're walking in fear, you're not made perfect in the love of God. You have not been grounded and rooted in his love. I, I didn't say, it. I didn't write this. Alright? This is what the word said. Look at verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. Now look at it now. now we, we're getting deep. We've been teaching about love tonight. If any man say, I love God. If you say you love God. Oh, I love God. I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. If any man say, I love God and hated his brother. Oh, I love Jesus. But I hate those white people. No, you don't. You don't love God. Or oh, vice versa. I hate them, black folks. Mexican folks. Illegal immigrants. Uh, immigrants. Immigrants. No, you don't love God. You're not walking in the royal law of love. Look at this. He says if any man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a what? You're lying. You're lying, on oh God. You're lying to yourself. Over oh, in Romans, Romans chapter 3, it said, let God be true and every man a liar. So you say you love God, and you hate people that don't look like you, act like you, think like you, live like you, smell like you, walk like you. You don't love God. I mean, it's plain and separate town, <laughs> If you say you love God, you say you love just Jesus who saved you, and you hate folks, like I said, don't look like you. You're a liar. You're, you're lying to yourself. Look at this. For he, for he that loveth not his brother... Whom he see. Because we can see our brother and our sisters. But he that loveth not. So if I cannot love my brother and sister. Who I I can see. How can he love God. Whom he hath not seen. How are you going to love this God. That you can't see. But I can see my brother and sister. But I don't love them, but I say I love this God who I can't see. It's not going to work. And this commandment have we from him that he who loved God love his brother. Awesome. Oh, we're doing good on time. I got, can you all take a little more? Yeah. Okay. so that's perfect love and the reason why you can't love your brother and sister who you can see because you're in fear fear has told me. false expectation appearing to be real you're in fear so how to get rid of that fear is uh, perfect love Now, I want us to go, um, I want us to go back to John 4, uh, verse 7, but before we go there, let's go to Acts. Acts, 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 Acts. Acts chapter 1. chapter 1 and walk in walking the royal law of love you will be tested but you can pass the test because the test that you would take is an open book test I think I just go to the book and get the answers Acts chapter 1 Put your eye on verse 7. And he said unto them, talking about Jesus, Is it not for you to know the times? Because they were asking Jesus, When are we going to know the time and season that you're going to come back? You know, everybody wants to know the end times and all that kind of stuff. And that has its place and all that. But this is how Jesus is dealing with them because they want to know the end times that he's going to return. He said, It is not for you to know the time or the season which the Father had put. In his own power, but this is what you need to know. <laughs> Verse eight. But you, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. All right. So he, he, he said, you're going to receive this empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Why? This empowerment of the Holy Ghost, the love of God been shed upon my heart by the Holy Ghost, the injection of the royal law of love. Why? He said, this is what happened. Because you need the power of it for what? And you shall be witnesses. Now we know in the court of law we have a witness. You know, they take the oath and all that. And they share with the jury and the court uh, they are eyewitness to whatever the case is situation is. So he's saying here that we become a witness or eyewitness We will get the opportunity to become witnesses of the royal law of love unto both Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So we will get an opportunity to become an eyewitness. We will witness of our royal law of love that we walk in. And so there's levels that we have to witness to. He says, look, Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria. This is how I teach it to my church when it comes to this. He said, you're going to be first an eyewitness of the royal law of love to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is your home. Your family needs to see, they need to hear your witness on the royal law of love. as in Jerusalem, prayer. That's what he talked to his disciples in Jerusalem. That was their home base. Then he says, Look at this. And in all Judea, that next level of being an eyewitness of the royal law of God is your neighbors. That's your neighbor in Judea. Okay? So Jerusalem is the home. I need to demonstrate the royal law of love in my home. <laughs> my children need to see me walk in the royal law of God. Not fear. Not cussing. Throwing stuff around. Abusing their mother. Or vice versa. These days abuse the fathers, man. No, that's not, that's not witnessing the royal law of love. Then into uh, Judea. My neighbors need to see me walk in the royal law of love. So I need to be a witness to my neighbors. See, this is how we draw people into, into Christ. We don't draw people into Christ with knocking on the door and give them attracted. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> No, no. They they, they will be drawn to Christ when Jesus is lifted up. And how is Jesus lifted up? When we walk in the royal law of love. Because remember what Jesus said in John 13, when we ran, he said, all men will know that you are my disciples when you have love one to another. So we talking about Jerusalem, the home, Judea, the neighborhood. Then he says, and in Samaria, oh, wow, Samaria was of half breeds. The Jews hated the Samaritans. They hated them with a passion. They wouldn't have nothing to deal with the Samaritans, all right? When they would have to travel for well, one part of Israel to get to Jerusalem, and they would have to maybe travel through Samaria, uh, they, there was an account that they would go 40 miles out of the way Not to go through Samaria, and so now you got to be a witness unto Samaria. Samaria is those people, like I said earlier, don't look like you, don't think like you, don't smell like you, don't act like you. He said, "Don't worry about the end times when I'm going to." He said, "That's for my father to know." This is what you need to be empowered with the Holy Ghost, so that you can walk in the royal law of love, walk in love in your home, in your neighborhood. And in toward the folks that you don't like. Are y'all with me? And Samaria. And then he said, look at this. And unto the uttermost part of the world. Now of the earth. Now we reaching the world. Because, you know, a lot of Christians, they want to reach the world, and they haven't even reached their own family. But we had to go through that process of the royal law of love unto God. Okay, let's go back to 1 John chapter 4 and I'm going to wrap it up. So, yeah, yeah, end times is good and all that kind of stuff, but why are you worried about the end times and everybody in your household going to hell? (laughs) You got neighbors going to hell. <coughs> you got Chico and them, they're going to hell. That's what Jesus said. In the end times, the Father knows. It, but you need to be empowered with the Holy Ghost so that you can be a witness on it. Because saving souls and not going to hell is more important than knowing who the Antichrist is. Because if you go in the book of Daniel chapter 7, Antichrist is a homosexual, okay? So that has its place, but when he said right now, you need to be a witness to your home, your neighborhood, people that don't look like you, and eventually the whole world. 1 John chapter 4, put your your eyes on verse 7. So the question is to these these texts is do you know God? Look at verse 7. Beloved let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. That's how you know whether you know God. (coughs) Verse 8 He that loveth he that loveth not, knoweth not God. So if you're not loving your brother or sister, and sister, and check in with the Holy Spirit to guide you, lead and direct you how to love your brother and sister. Because we don't want to do it from a natural human way. We want to do, do it by being led by the Spirit. So he that loveth, uh, excuse me, uh, Yeah, verse 8. He that that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. The nature of our God is love. God does everything in love. God so loved the world, he gave his only God. You know, God loves that sinner man or sinner woman who don't want Jesus, and he loves them so much, he protects their will all the way to hell. I mean, that's not his will. His will for all men sake. But God never overrides our free will. And if we will to go to hell instead of being with God, God, he loves us so much to protect. He will not override our free will. Now, he'll bring people to you to try to minister to you, to try to, you know, for you to come under conviction. But if you, you determine and say, no, I don't want anything with this God he'll protect your will all the way to hell wow verse 9 and this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him here it is love not that we love God but that he loved us see we we didn't love God because we loved God. We loved God because God first loved us. We wasn't thinking about God. I know. Before I became born again, in 1986, October 13th, at the age of 26, 20, 25 years, I wasn't thinking about no God. I ain't loving things. I didn't think about But God still loved me. And this was that the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might love. Excuse me, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation or the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we are also to love one another. Now look at it. <laughs> it says, if God so loved us, it didn't say we should love God. It said if God so loved us, we should love one another. If God so loved us, how are returning back to him and loving the brethren? No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected into us. Hereby know that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever should confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And remember, I read these beforehand. But look at, look at, look at the connection there in knowing God. That I know that God loved me and how I return, look at this, how I return my love back to God by loving my brethren. A lot of Christians want to return their love back to God. God, God, God loves me, so I love Him, but they can't stand their brethren. But the word I see here is saying, God so loved me and how I returned my love back unto God by loving my brother and sister. Parents, we see this in the natural. We see this in the natural. You have more than one child. As a parent, doesn't it please you when you see your children loving one another, being good to their brother and sister? It doesn't please you when you see your your kids fighting each other, brother and sister can't get along, or whatever. But you you are pleased when you see that they are loving one another, and that's the same way with God is. God is pleased when He sees us loving one another. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is pleased when He sees us. Loving one So how we re- how we return our love back to God? Because we know that God loves us. Is when I love my brother and sister, that pre- that pleases my Father. And I love my brother and sister in my home, in my neighborhood, and the folks that I don't hang out with, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. The love of God. Be moving upon the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all get anything out of this tonight? Yes. yes. You have a question? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. So, you know, I've been reading a lot here lately, and I've been uh the